Hey, everybody. Thanks very much for hanging out with us today. We are super excited to have you once again join us on Todd Versations Todd Bits. Uh, we're stoked with our guest today. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to. This is a subject matter that I think needs a lot more of our time and attention. It's been getting a lot of time and attention, but we're going to elevate it to another level today. So I'm excited to have uh, Appeal join us today. And please welcome my friend, the VP of Buyer Sales at Appeal, Dave Nelly. Dave, welcome, my brother. I appreciate you being here today. Hey, Todd. Nice to join you from Santa Barbara. Yeah, it looks like another shitty day in Santa Barbara. I mean, those of you keeping score at home, those of you that are freezing everywhere around the country right now, it looks like another lousy day in Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a perfect place for growing stuff. I tell you, it's sunny down here every day of the year. Yeah, that's a, that's that just sucks when it's sunny every day. I just I hate that. I mean, I just hate it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm really excited you're here because you know one of the mountains that I that I climb and stand on and fight hard for is the conversation around positive cost of food. And it comes in a lot of different ways, whether it's, you know, transportation is a positive cost of food, packaging technology is a positive cost of food, farming technology is a positive cost of food, but so is food waste technology. And so is changing the strategy when it comes to how much food is wasted. And so I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited to dig deep about what you guys are about, what you're doing your global business, the whole nine yards. But before we get going, let's just get everybody up to speed so they can meet you a little bit. Share your journey, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit, and how you uh, ended up sitting, you know, with, with sunblock on in Santa Barbara today. Yeah, 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 sunblock in midwinter. Well, uh, my journey began growing up on a farm in New Zealand, you can tell from my accent. And, uh, you know, we grew all kinds of things. Uh, and some... When you come from a farm, uh, you, you learn that some seasons, sometimes the freight bill is is more expensive uh, than the return you get from the product. And sure. and and I think it's fair to say, you know, most farmers just hate waste. We we live frugally. We we you know, we, I wasn't aware of it at the time. In fact, I pr- thought my parents were pretty conservative, normal people. But uh, boy, oh boy, there, there was very little wasted uh, around our household. So I grew up with. With, you know, all the food scraps would go to the pig, which would eventually be used, you know, for Christmas dinner and, and all that stuff. I uh, got into the produce trade um, in 93 uh, out of New Zealand with the New Zealand Apple and Pear Board, exporting right. apples and pears all around the world. And when you, that's another, you know, uh, impactful point, because when you see the care and attention that these growers put into growing the perfect piece of fruit, it makes no sense to transport it over great distance, whether it's a, a perfect apple from New Zealand to Germany or growing uh, you know, a perfect avocado in California and shipping it to Chicago or Boston. It makes no sense to get it all the way there and throw it away. So for 20 years working in, in that export business, I saw a lot of that. And uh, especially it was brought home working with Oregon cherries, uh, export to Asia, um, shipping domestically as well. But Seeing the care and attention that folks take from, uh, for, for instance, Orchard View Farms growing these specific varieties, perfect pieces of fruit, and shipping it all the way to the final destination, nobody wins when it goes bad at the other end. So when James Rogers uh, started talking with me here at Appeal, it was about, it started with, uh, hey, food waste in store, you know, huge uh, issue to tackle. And what resonated with me was, hey, uh, okay, um, we've got these case studies where Appeal, I think, first started out in Kenya, where they have a lot of crops, massive population in the city, zero infrastructure. So to give some of their basic crops just the additional two or three times without refrigeration uh, gave a whole bunch of nutrition to a people, to, to a population that previously only saw bad produce. Sure. So, you know, once we got into it and started talking, uh, realized that there are retailers right here in California, the heart of avocado country, who are frustrated with the inconsistency of the avocados that they're getting and who actually want to deliver a longer lasting piece of fruit to their consumers because right. they realize those consumers have have choice. And uh, And I think we can all resonate with the story uh, being told by our significant others, our, our wives, or in my case, hey, on the way home from work, can you stop and pick up some produce, but don't go to retail at X. And I'm right. always curious, like, why not? She's like, well, their produce sucks. I'm like, okay. You know, and and uh, the, what's really resonating uh, at the moment is, is how retailers are serving up um, 
greater sales, greater consistency, and better quality to their customers because that's where a lot of food waste is occurring. Absolutely. So that's where the, the journey began and, and kind of where it is right now. I love it. Well, you know, it, it's interesting to me because you're right. Farmers don't want food waste, but yet there's still some farmers out there that, that have food waste factored into their business model. You know, that it's a part of the equation that, they, you know, they grow for that in some way. And it's like, it's mind boggling to me. And I know we, we've discussed, you know, we, we've discussed it. It's like, you know, if, if you can only sell 10, don't plant 15. I don't understand the math there. Right. But nonetheless, but it's such a huge issue. So you kind of touched on a little bit, and I'm just going to ask a direct question because I think it's important for people to understand what this is, you know, a little deeper about what it's about, but what problem are you really trying to solve and, and, and that appeal, you know, started with appeal. Mm-hmm. Well, what what appeal started off uh, talking about was reducing food waste. Massive yeah. problem. You know, if you look up the statistics, uh, two point six trillion dollars annually. It, it seems like that. Is that global? Paper, that's globally. Globally, yeah. Jesus, two point six right. trillion. It, it's like the uh, national debt. You know, the number is so big. Uh, and it's one of the big problems that needs solving in the world. And, and we can go down the path of, of how much that contributes to greenhouse gases uh, and, and, you know, diminishing resources that are available. Once again, to keep it simple, it just makes no sense to use up scarce water resources, especially here in California, to oh, yeah. produce produce, to ship it all the way. And all of that labor and effort that we know in the industry to get it to a shelf and have it go bad, even worse to get into someone's house and go bad. And I want to come back to something you said there. Um, You know, some people build waste into their business model. You're right. I mean, waste is like an invisible tax because waste isn't free. Right. So if a retailer knows they have a certain amount of waste, they factor that shrink into their their P&L. If, uh, you know, if a consumer knows that they can't trust uh, the produce to last long when they buy it in in a bulk pack, well, they don't buy or they buy less. So no one wants that. We want expansion in consumption and expansion in satisfaction. So uh, I think one of the old school notions is that the garbage can is is my best customer. And, and that's just in this day and age, it's not valid anymore because why? The customers have a choice. Mm-hmm. And just like my wife will come down on me and say, don't go to retailer X because your produce sucks or that brand is bad. Let's get this private label fruit or this private label veg or go to that place because their fruit's good. Why? I don't know. It just lasts longer. Okay. Unreal. So, you know, that that's that's that comes into play. People have a choice now in this very ultra competitive retail market uh, that if they, um, they have a bad experience, they often don't come back for more. But to bring that food waste problem back, um, we need a lot of people working on this problem because globally it's huge. To bring it back home, well, $2. Uh, about $2,500. 2.6 trillion. That's right. And to an average household in the United States, that's about two and a half thousand dollars a year that they buy on produce and throw it away. And I think we can all resonate with the pain of cleaning out the refrigerator or looking at that fruit bowl, throw it, tossing out some fruit, knowing you've paid darn good money for it. I hate it. I can't stand it. I try and make my my kids eat some some fruit that's less than perfect, but yeah, good luck with that. I, that's um, you know, first of all, I mean, I knew it was a big number, and, and you know, maybe I've heard the number two point six trillion, but I'm going to say it again, probably three more times before this broadcast ends. That's a staggering amount of waste, right? And then throw on top of it, you know, the, the stat of twenty five hundred dollars across families in this country. I, you know, it, it it just shows you the depth of this problem, and it shows why. And I, again, I believe so strongly, and we've got to be investing in these positive cost foods, like Appeal is doing. Um, God, that's just crazy to me. I, I mean, you, you, you've, I'm, well, floored, I'm floored by the number. To bring it back to produce, Todd, you know, we're we're in an industry that the fruit is dying from the minute you you pick it Absolutely, off the vine. It's on yeah. its way to desiccation once right. you've picked it. And we do everything we can uh, with expensive uh, trucking and refrigeration and high-speed logistics to get that fruit to the consumer before it goes bad. You know, with our, our supply chain, is less than perfect. And there are, there are many out there who are just aiming to get that fruit across the dock and through a DC and pass the QC test, you know, and that's all they care about. But what happens with fruit and veg is it continues to desiccate on the mm-hmm. shelf. But more importantly, in the home, uh, when it's, you know, stored largely in, at, at ambient temperature. So uh, I think when you look at uh, 
latest stats, the USDA estimates that about 25% of fresh fruit and vegetable that consumers purchase from grocery stores ends up going to waste in their home. So this yeah. is a new a new area of uh, of research that that we're really digging into, working with certain retailers to identify how much waste is going on, how much, and therefore how much satisfaction would your consumers have from the produce they buy from your store, knowing it lasts longer. And what we found, and I'll quote a retail executive here from one of the largest retailers in in North America. Uh, he said to me, "Look, Dave, I've seen it. This works when consumers have the confidence." that their fruit lasts longer, they actually buy more. Correct. They have the confidence to buy more because the the risk isn't there. If they aspire to, uh, if they're told to go and, you know, buy a couple of avocados to put on a salad tonight, but while you're in the store, you're like, you know, I want to just January one, you know, I want to eat healthy, healthy eating month right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to have an avocado for lunch every day because I hear it's just, you know, super nutritious food. And have the confidence to buy those couple of avocados that are ripe and buy some avocados that'll stay ripe and be perfect eating, sliceable, uh, and and not brown muck, you know, right. or, or or bad fruit by the end of the end of the week. Um, that's how we grow sales and consumption. A hundred percent. You know, and and you know, one of the things I learned early on in my career is that, you know, I I my I was always about increasing consumption, right? It's like my first job was to get you to go eat that avocado. The second job is to convince you to eat the organic avocado. But I knew that if I worked hard at the first one, I could I could get to the second one, not vice versa, in my opinion. So when you talk about this statistic about what's happening to these growers, their whole function, I mean, every day they wake up going, we got to increase consumption, right? We want people to eat more fruits and vegetables. But yet in the same token, if you get a crappy piece of fruit, they're not going to buy that same piece of fruit the next time we turn to the store. And, and it's, yes, it's the retailers own some of that, you know, right. It's going to come back on them, but so is the peach. So is that avocado. It's like, I'm not going to buy that. No matter if it's Bob's avocado this week and Larry's avocado next week, that avocado is to blame. And that decreases consumption. And that's dangerous because fruits and vegetables need to be a huge part of the American diet, right? Mm-hmm. We need to get much more structured about what we're doing. So I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, 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 you know, again, it's, this is about increasing positive consumption, which again, let's talk about positive cost of food and it fits that narrative to a T. Well, well, here's the thing, Todd, it's working. You know, we've got empirical yeah. evidence working with retailers. Um, one example I'll give you is uh, in Scandinavia, where one of the, our longest retail partners, uh, Soling Group, wanted to increase consumption and sales of avocados and they sold a three pack, always sold a three pack. We convinced them to have confidence to actually grow it to a six pack. And knowing that your customers won't experience uh, dissatisfaction with buying too many avocados, they can't eat before they go bad. Why? Because appeal gives those avocados more time. time. Where did Soling Group want to use the time? They wanted to use it in the home. So they could increase their gross sales. Sure. They could increase their margin by selling you know, a higher ring. And their customers were able to consume more food, eat healthier, and do it in a way that has less waste uh, along the food chain. So, I love it. I love it's, it. yeah, it, it, I love it, it. It, it's working. You know, I, I love I love your slogan, "Food Gone Good." Can you kind of explain to me what that where that came from and the genesis of that? Because I just think it's cool. Right, right. So you know, it comes to we often hear, uh, "Oh, my my fruit has gone bad." Hey, I want to eat that. You know that that apple or that lime. Oh, it looks like it's gone bad. So we, we come back to uh, really simple tenets. What does a peel do? It allows the fruit to respire slower at room temperature. So right. once you take it out of the refrigerator, out of the DC, you know, out of the refrigerated d- display unit at the store, if that's where the produce is, once you take it out of the box, it just breathes and respires a lot slower all right. the way to the home. So we want to have a bowl of fruit that uh, actually lasts longer, has gives people access to more uh we we talk about um impulse purchase in the store Mm -hmm. but at home there is such a thing as impulse consumption so when i'm hungry instead of going to the the uh going to make a peanut butter sandwich if i see a nice bowl of of healthy fruit ah, that's what i should eat and it looks good i'll eat it so you know food gone good speaks to the opposite of food going bad. It's about increasing consumption. It's about increasing customer satisfaction, ultimately leading to higher sales for the retailer and for the grower. Absolutely. Um, and, and then it speaks to also food for a cause. You know, 
if we can reduce uh, the amount of avocados that, uh, for instance, that are wasted each year using uh, scarce water resources in Mexico, uh, in, in, in Peru, and also in California, um, then that's good for everybody. Because yeah. uh, right now we're in the middle of, of, of winter uh, in, north, in the Northern Hemisphere, and, and it's, it's, it's almost hard to uh, remember back to the drought. Uh, you know, severe fires that we were experiencing, but mm -hmm. boy, oh boy, I mean, I, I drove up the West Coast to Vancouver, BC in early August and stayed with growing friends up through Oregon and Washington State and California as well. I mean, it, it was hurting. There, there wasn't much water. The fires were out of control. No one had seen blue sky for, you know, weeks and weeks. And we've got to get a little bit smarter about how we do things. So there are, um, we've done some research, third-party research with consumers to say, hey, if you could buy uh, produce that, uh, the produce lasts longer in your home, but it also lasts longer for the supply chain, the grower, the shipper, the retailer. Right. So less is wasted and therefore they're using less of the scarce water resource. Is that something that would appeal to you? Excuse the pun. And okay. resoundingly, you know, those, especially uh, this, this may uh, surprise you, but those who identify themselves as organic shoppers are extremely well disposed towards something that's good for the environment as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it doesn't matter that there is a plant-based uh, coating on the skin, on, on the exterior of the fruit, helping it breathe slower. Once they get that, that, hey, wait a minute, this avocado helps fight food waste and helps save water. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Well, yeah. And, you know, and, and I say this all the time and I believe in it wholeheartedly, you know, produce is the one section in a lot of ways in the grocery store. Meat would be another and perhaps in dairy as well is a chance where your morals and values come into play. So you get to actually vote with your dollars because you believe in something like, you know, paper towels. OK, probably not as much, you know, certain things. But when you really especially when it comes to produce, you know, it's the only place you can pick something up and smell it. You can't go smell, a, you know, a ribeye. They're not going to let you do that. Right. But you can go in and, you know, I smell that pea. I smell that lime. I, you know, that avocado looks good. And it's an opportunity for people to get involved. And you're right. People want to do better because we're recognizing more and more the mistakes of the past that need to be rectified in order for the next generations to come to be in a better planet. And I mean, mm -hmm. if we don't start making these choices, you know, we're, we're going to end up being in trouble. We see it already. And you're absolutely mm -hmm. right. When it comes to water, we're getting restricted here where I'm at in California. We got the note that I think it's 55 gallons a day or whatever the number is. It's like, holy crap. You know, it, it's it's real. So let's get into appeal a little bit, right? I mean, we kind of talked about what appeal is and you know what you guys are about, which I love. But all right, how does this thing work? Let's get down to the brass tacks. Fill me in. Give me the four one one on how this works. Well, you know what appeal is is uh, you you could make appeal uh, out of anything that grows above the surface of the earth. I could make it from your lawn clippings. Uh, we, we're we're currently using uh, produce. Uh, byproducts of produce or waste that that uh, uh, to break it down uh, and remarkably here's a crazy thing mother nature uh, provides a skin on anything that grows above the surface of the earth and in the plant right. world there's about seven or eight molecules that sh mother nature uses over and over and over again so you'll find those same molecules on the skin of a uh, grapefruit right through to the skin of a of a raspberry and what we do is, is take those, uh, some of those molecules, uh, dehydrate them, powderize them. Uh, I guess, you know, we have different formulations for different produce from sure. different parts of the world. So we use a different formulation for avocados from Chile than we would use avocados from, from Mexico uh, because all of these crops are different uh, from the country of origin and certain times of the year. But we, we optimize that uh, here in California, ship it out to the packing house, reconstitute it with, with water and spray it on the produce as it goes through a normal packing line, dehydrate the water, the H2O off, leaving just these little bricks of molecules on the, on the outside. Now, it's fascinating because when you look at it under an electron microscope, they do layer up like little bricks. So the normal respiration and ripening occurs it just occurs a lot slower because the gas transmission is a lot slower. That's slower. Little, it has the, the gas has to bubble up, find a gap, come across, find another one, and eventually it just breathes and respires a lot slower. So what is appeal? It, it's a, a system of giving produce more time. And, and here's, you know, here's where the magic is. Uh, then we go out to both suppliers and retailers and talk about, well, where can you best use time? So what appeal as a product is, is the coding, which I just, just described, mm -hmm. right. along with the supply chain. 
And you marry those two together and, and you get what appeal can bring to, to the market. Well, I love the fact. So, you know, I, you know when you work with mother, mother Nature, you're probably going to come out okay. When you work against her, you're probably going to get screwed, right? And I think that's fair to say that you guys are working with and not against. So it's plant-based, as you've described. So it's, I'm sure it complies with everybody's dietary restrictions, vegan, gluten, you know, intolerant, et cetera. There's probably no issues, I'm assuming, with that. Correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah, let me just jump at that one. You know, um, it, it's a lipid-based product um, and a, a, okay. the source of many food allergies are protein-based. There's no protein involved. Um, it, it's it's basically putting a plant-based food on the surface of, of the produce to help it breathe slower. And, uh, and that's really resonating because it's not – you're absolutely right – you know, I'm a student of history and, and you know, humans have found ways to preserve food uh, for, for many centuries, all with unintended consequences. You know, we've yeah. used wax, we've used uh, uh, you know, cold storage costing, you know, electricity. And as soon as that cold chain is broken, you know, havoc uh, breaks loose. Uh, we, we've used all sorts of uh, synthesized chemicals and, and hormone. But, but with appeal, uh, there's two main things, plant-based. And it works at, at ambient or room temperature, and and that's that's a real differentiator. Oh, for yeah, for sure. So with that, I'm assuming no no you know genetic engineering anything along those lines. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, yeah, no, no way. And in fact, one one of my best stories, which um, addresses both of those topics, is uh, you know one of our our friends and produce Jeff up in New Seasons in in, in Portland, Oregon. He'd heard Mr. about Fairchild. This. Mr. Fairchild. That's right, and he's like, you know. I'm going to put you out to uh, my jury of produce managers. So come up here. I'm going to get them all in a room. You tell them what appeal is, and they'll tell me whether they want it or not. So we, you know, did that. And uh, that I was pretty nervous about speaking in front of so many people. And we got up there and we did it. And, and these are the folks who every day are at the front lines of uh, dealing with consumers who come in and they're they're buying for their diet and their nutrition and and their health. So they're very, very aware of what's on their produce. And uh, the, these produce managers uh, are faced with, with that every day. Now, what happened was we went through and explained what appeal was, just like I did, uh, showed a few more graphs and diagrams and videos. And we talked about, uh, you know, food waste and water waste. And then Jeff said, so what do, you, what do you think, guys? And there was a little bit of silence, a couple of questions. And then finally, one, one person stood up and said, look, you know, if, if people are shopping in our store because they think that they can find uh, food that's good for the planet. It's all organic here. And they can find uh, avocados or limes or organic apples uh, that, that waste less water and last longer. If they can find that down the street, then shame on us. And so, you know, I, I took that as a giant um, uh, mark of confidence that people who are, who are, you know, truly guardians of the whole food, uh, they get it. They're like, yeah. no, we, we've got to do something different for the planet and different for wasting water and food. And it's also good for people's back wallets. And at the other end of that story is the largest retailer uh, in the world who have a notion that uh, one of the, the, the um, most enlightened uh, buyers I've ever met, he buys cherries and apples there. He has this notion that, look, we're interested in increasing the yield of dollars spent on produce, Dave. You know, you guys in growing world, you talk about yield, yield per acre, yield per bin. Right. We're interested in when Todd comes in to, to a Walmart and he spends 50 bucks of food, uh, 50 bucks of, uh, of, of his money on, on produce, is he consuming 50 bucks? Is right. he getting full utility out of, that, out of that amount of money that he, he spends on produce? Or is he spending 50 bucks and actually only getting to eat 25 and therefore dissatisfied with the experience? Mm -hmm. So that that's that's really eye-opening, you know, and it's a oh, whole for sure. Yeah, it's it's a whole different mindset um, at the other end of the spectrum you talked about at the outset of the show. Uh, hey, the garbage can is is my best, my best friend, or uh, you know, that that truck that tips over insurance claim is my best sale. No, it, it's like customers are, are are really seeking more utility with scarce dollars. And, mm -hmm. and that, that comes from actually getting to eat and enjoy what you buy. Well, yeah, they, they've got a tremendous amount of choices, whether it's brick and mortar or, you know, e-com. Um, 
they get to vote with their dollars, right? And it's about satisfaction. You're not going to go back to a shitty restaurant. It just doesn't, it's just, it's the same math. It's the same math when you go to the retail store. That's why the bar is raised so high. That's why it's really easy to determine who's good at retail and who's bad at retail, right? And to your point of what you said about your wife, don't go here, go there, right? I, I don't know how you want to run a business that way. It's to me, it doesn't seem logical. You've got to continually raise the bar as any business model would continue to raise a bar in yourself, continue to elevate the game. It's the only way you're going to survive long-term, which is exactly what appeals is doing is elevating the game and raising the bar. Now, just be, make sure I follow full circle on this. I, and I know you brought it up, but, I, but you guys are all good on organic produce. It doesn't matter. You know, Omri approved all the stuff that you need to be everywhere. I assume. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's right up your alley. The appeal is designated as uh as FDA grass approved and, and OMRI listed uh, right. for USDA organic certified products. So we have an organic product, organic appeal, which uh, doesn't affect the certification of organic uh, status. Sure. And then we have uh, appeal, normal appeal with for conventional. And, and this is really cool because, you know, I've worked in the organic world selling organic produce and, one thing that they can't use is some of these tools that that I guess modern science has brought along uh, to extend the shelf life, extend the storage uh, when you're organic certified. So with a plant-based solution like Appeal, finally we can. I speak to organic apples where, you know, it, it, they, they, the, the season can be extended not only for our friends in Washington State who are, who are running uh, with Appeal mm-hmm. right now. There's three mm-hmm. big shippers up there, but also uh, at a future date. The guys in, in New Zealand and Chile who uh, have the tyranny of distance and everything is at least thirty to sixty days away from when it was uh, from when it was picked. So um, the organic world can step right into this finally with uh, 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 you know having more time to right. sell their produce. Right. Well, we touched on a couple of items. I just just I'm going to put you on the spot. Get your flashcards out. What items? What produce items are benefiting from Appeals technology? We got avocados. I got pineapples behind me as my tribute to SpongeBob. Um, <laughs> limes, you said. Apples. Yeah, you've touched okay, it. I'm, so I'm done. I'm done. I'm done guessing. I'm totally yeah, guessing. yeah. Avocados, organic apples, mandarins, oranges, lemons, limes, grapefruit, uh, and coming coming this year uh, in Q1, we're going to have. Uh, what's that? I said drum roll. We got it in the drum roll. Time. Yeah, long English cucumbers that don't need plastic anymore, which is you know the world is crying for, and and uh, mangoes coming as well. So two new products this year, and then in our in our longer uh, product portfolio pipeline, working very hard right now on on cherries and strawberries, and cool. you know. Uh, that 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 comes right back to your first question. What you know? Tell me about your journey to appeal. Uh, one of the first people I spoke to was a, a buyer I really respect down at, at HEB, and and he's like, listen, if you can get me, uh, you know, raspberries and, and blueberries and blackberries that I can display with our refrigeration at the checkout stand, I would love to sell one of those things for you know a dollar ninety nine versus a forty nine cent candy bar with impulse purchase. That would just be huge for me. So absolutely. We, we all know that the Holy Grail is some of the higher uh, shrink, more difficult items. We hear about it again and again and again from retailers. So now what we're starting to do is listen to those retailers and work with them uh, for bespoke solutions on products that they want in their stores. You know, a lot of, a lot of retailers talk about bananas. Uh, you know, almost every retailer talks about berries. And a, a heck of a lot of them are, I talk, you know, strawberries, right? It's sure. A, now that that's heading into um, controlled uh, environment agriculture, I think there's a really good path for us to apply because in the past, we only had an engineering problem. How do we put a peel in the field? But once you get indoors, maybe that's opened up a little bit easier. Yeah. What to touch a little bit, you know, everybody's somewhere or another kind of freak out a little bit about putting stuff on food, right? I mean, it's kind of, you know, oh my God, what is, what is, what is, but given that appeal is truly appeal, two words, not one, um, how have you addressed the concerns with consumers or are there any concerns or how have you kind of touched it? Because, you know, going into retailer A and having this present doing that, it's like, OK, but the consumer ultimately is the voice and the vote. Right. So how do you address that? Yeah, we run straight at it, Todd, and tell the story. Yeah. And it comes back to why did we invent that whole marketing campaign around food gone good? Once we got into in-depth surveys, third-party surveys uh, with consumers who identified themselves as as consumers of produce and and then organic uh, consumers as well. We just found they really resonated with it. And so it's something that that we really run towards is telling our story that it's plant-based, 
uh, it comes, it's it's certified as uh, or regulated, has regulatory access in the EU as food. So I could literally go around and eat a bowl of appeal if I wanted to over there and, and not break any laws. But uh, that's something that not a lot of other people in the space can do. They're, they're a little bit shy and reticent to tell uh, people, you know, what they're doing because, uh, like you said, people are shy of what's on the food. We're not. We're putting uh, un- disused plant molecules that would otherwise go to waste, reconstituting that, applying in the pack house to make uh, good, perfect produce last a, a whole lot longer. Right. And uh, so we run towards that. And in fact, with with retailers, we're actually at the moment um, working with a couple of retailers to survey their their customers into okay, let's look at these avocados and limes with appeal, without. Don't tell them anything about it. You tell us which ones you like better. It's pretty obvious, right? After three or four weeks, then we tell them the story about appeal, and we're finding that eighty percent of them, you know, 85 percent of them really like the story. And because I think you you touched on it, once you experience fruit that lasts longer, why would you want anything else? Now, why would you go back to what you had? You know, why would you go back to the meme of that avocados, for instance, used to, used to have, which was like, not ready, not ready, not ready, ready, too late. Right. So now we give them, you know, we give it a little bit more like not ready, not ready, 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 too late. So what I love about what you just said about it, you know, a consumer education strategy is um, it's about experience, right? It's about elevating that experience, being a part of that elevation of the food experience, right? It's like going to a, going to a restaurant, and having an amazing meal. You've had an elevated food experience, but you're doing it at home, which I think is super, super cool. Um, and I think it's really, you know, again, back to the positive cost of food. It's something we're going to have to really lean into and deal with. Um, you said something about competition a little bit. I just want to touch on it um, a bit. But, the, the, you know, look, the space is filling up. There's a lot of people trying to do what you're doing. There's a lot of people doing other things. How do you see the food waste business shaping up out there? Well, it's a big problem. And the more people that are working on it, the better. You know, it's it's yeah. uh, there's going to be products uh, that are difficult to uh, apply appeal to and get a full surface coating at the moment, something like, uh, like a field-grown lettuce. If there are other people working on solutions to that, you know, hallelujah, because that, that's a big source of food waste. So um, the more that are – look, it's a massive number, um, not only in North America but globally. And – what what brings it home is is there's plenty of space here. Uh, you know, some, someone from a very large retail organization just just told told us late last year that there's an enormous amount of capex going into expanding new DCs. They're not cheap. You know, they've got robotics all through them. The stores are still expanding, uh, both you know brick and bricks and mortar, and they're executing their online. One of their biggest concerns is will they have enough produce to put on the shelves? to keep up with their growth. And especially when you look at the constraints uh, on production of some of the places that we've traditionally grown our produce from, we're going to have to look a little bit further afield and and take some of the uh, food that's produced in abundance from places like Argentina and Chile and New Zealand and Australia and South Africa and get that to uh, calorie negative populations in the Northern Hemisphere and do that in a way where the nutritious food can be delivered you know, in, in peak quality, because I can't tell you, Todd, how many times, uh, you know, there's just, there is no feeling of satisfaction when you, when you grow fruit, you go to the pains of packing it, you select out the best and you ship it and it doesn't make a rival. You know, oh yeah. No, no one 100%. likes it. No, trust me. Nobody. I've been there, done that a few times, but what's interesting about what you said, and I think it's worth mentioning is that we don't have a lot of next generation farmers coming. And I don't think we're putting a lot of energy in understanding what that actually means to a growing global population. So when you think about food waste and, and, and what it is, you know, what problem are you solving, as we touched on earlier in the broadcast, this is another part of that problem that, you know, getting that extra 25 percent out of the same amount of acres when you don't have another 50 acres coming behind it because we don't have it. And that's real. I mean, that's not a stat I made. Go dig into it. Now, fact check me. Do the USDA numbers. They're not there. This is why it makes this food technology, this food waste technology so important, in my opinion, why I was just thrilled to have you come on and to have this conversation, because we need to be elevating the general conversation around why this is so important to be a part of. Yeah, we've, we've become pretty, pretty spoiled and accustomed to finding strawberries and raspberries and blackberries uh, available 52 weeks at the grocery store. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I grew up, you know, raspberries were a treat that you only get at a certain time of year. Now we've got 52-week supply chains. And the supply chain needs a little bit of help. 
Um, yeah. It needs supply chain uh, supply chain assistance to make that produce last longer, to increase uh, arrivals and, and yields and, and all of that. But then you take it a step further, and this is where Appeal has evolved to since I've been here for two years. Uh, I started when there was 126 staff. Now we're in excess of 500 around the world. Wow. Uh, and, and that's to light up a supply chain uh, to keep up with the demand of these retailers. Now, the retailers are, are smart. And uh, you, one of the smartest people in produce that I've met recently said, anyone who's going into college right now and wants a career in, uh, in commerce in the commercial world should be studying supply chain, you know, yeah. and, and that, that is the future. And we see that because everybody's learning to compete with Amazon and they are supply chain masters on, on dry goods, uh, getting into produce, but everyone else is fighting the fight. And the, the conversation and appeal that we have that I'm having with retailers is now not so much about in-store waste, but very much focused on consumer satisfaction and very much focused on sales growth. How can I sell more? How can I get someone who would who would go in and buy you know uh, two avocados? I want them to buy four. And and people aren't coming in and shopping as regularly uh, post pandemic as they were. You know, I, I think in, in my household, go to a grocery store, the local Vons three times a week. Well, not so much now. So the produce that we do buy uh, has to last longer. Plus, we want to increase that basket size and we want to increase that ring with the retailer. So giving the, the, the consumer, the final consumer, confidence that their produce lasts longer, that's what it's all about right now. Oh, love it. 100%. Well said. Well said. One of the cool things that, you know, in doing my curiosity dive and uh, getting into appeal in my mind and going through the whole motions, and I want to touch on this. We're going to put you on the hot seat, see what see, see what you really know here. But I love this hyperspectral imaging that you guys are about and what you're doing using the electromagnetic spectrum. People are like, what is he talking about? Well, I'm, I'm a space guy. I love, I love space. I love you know, all that's really cool to me. But I mean, this is basically the same technology that NASA is using to look for life on Mars. I mean, just to kind of bring it down to everybody, kind of like, what am I, what are the big words that, you know, I can't spell if I'm playing Scrabble anyways, but nonetheless. But I mean, you literally can see how ripe and how fresh scanned produce is. So in some ways, not only what you're doing, but this is almost like giving a, a, an expiration date to fresh produce. So can wow. you touch a little bit? Can you touch a little bit about yeah, I don't want to put you in the hot seat. Gee, you, you, you. this is like the scoop of the century here. You, you, you know, putting me in the hot seat with some some of the skunk work stuff that's going on. Um, no, look, you know, uh, over a year ago, uh, Appeal acquired a, a company that was uh, deep into AI with uh, hyperspectral analysis, and yeah. so that's one reason why a lot of folks uh, in the retail world are, are making their way uh, to, to Santa Barbara to see what's going on in the lab here. And, and it is pretty cool. You know, you, one of the things that um, uh, Appeal does is we have to make, we have to install in the grower's pack house. And, right. and that, you know, that, that's like installing with a, with a grower's baby. You know, I, I've seen installations of, of this uh, very expensive 50 to $80 million packing lines that, that sort out fruit with internal and external uh, qualities measured by cameras. There's, there's a huge amount of technology depending on the crop. Um, so, so appeal being in there to apply uh, our plant-based solution and, and dry it right there at the source um, gives us access to a lot of data. And with every uh, lot of fruit that is treated with appeal, we're holding back fruit um, that, that isn't treated. And we compare the two at, sure. at ambient temperature. So we've got, you know, gigabytes of data on how certain uh, avocados or limes or, or, or mandarin oranges perform over time uh, with appeal versus not appeal at a certain time throughout 52 weeks of the year mm -hmm. uh, or the season. So, you marry that with this hyperspectral te imaging technology, um, which basically can be applied in a pack house uh, when the fruit sure. comes down a line and, and passes through you know, where we apply the appeal. We, the hyperspectral uh, cameras can also be triggered to capture images. And you know, that, that single image that's captured um, represents you know, literally gigabytes of data from each piece of fruit that right. can convey chemical, physical, and biological properties 
Uh, and that's reflected as a spectrum of colors within those images. So, so with those images, a peel can see elements such as freshness, digging into some phytonutrient content, and a little bit more. We marry that with our holdback data, which is you know being acquired over two or three years of commercial operation, to give a, a really good empirical look into each piece of fruit and how long it has to till it goes bad. Now, wow. um, th this is skunkworks. Yeah. We're now looking at if you can do this in a packing house um, and if you had a small like soap dispenser size piece of equipment in a, in a store and you put that maybe in the avocado uh, display or imagine the tree ripe nectarine display so that people don't have to guess or squeeze. And I think we've all had that experience of walking into a grocery store and seeing a display of avocados that's been squeezed probably 40 or 50 times. times. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, the bruising is crazy. But if people walk, could walk, wand it walk on the and get a... Yeah, or use a QR code to say, okay, this avocado here is is good for seven days, or this one here is good for three days. Oh, that's that's good because I want to eat it tonight. Um, then that's the consistency that that we we may get to. But right now, the conversation is with retailers who um, are very curious and a little frustrated about the consistency of fruit that's coming into them past past their DC. You yeah. know, there's enormous variability from fruit that's field picked into a bin. The growers, packers do their very, very best to ripen that fruit based on a sample um, and, and then deliver it in a box. But even within that final box, especially at certain times of the year, there's a lot of um, inconsistency and, and variability. And, you know, we have used things like dry matter over the years to give uh, a look into maturity, but now mm. we can pinpoint it. And, and that's pretty exciting for the future. So okay. I love um, it. Yeah, that, that's that, that's that's uh, a huge area of uh, of interest here at Peel. Is is and it's probably a pie in the sky question, but I'm going to ask you anyways. I mean, is there a way that this technology can actually help you better understand nutrition of stuff as well? I mean, I would think that you know, as you start to get deeper into technology, right? It, it just more and more as you collect data, the more and more things you extract and go, oh crap, I can do this too. Is that something that's that's a part of this or could be a part of this? That's since, right. already, since I already got you to Skunk Works, I've already passed security without a badge. I'm asking the question. Yeah, yeah, that, that's got that's got to a level that uh, you know I, I might have to stop at. But I'll, I'll say that there's an enormous amount of work going into identifying uh, the phytonutrients that are uh, present Love in it. fruit at, at certain times of maturity, um, and we have. You know, people here in in the labs here, uh, you know, with with more PhDs and and masters degrees than than uh, probably exist at the university I went to in New Zealand. But uh, they're they're digging into that right now. So two things: one, um, we can just by extending uh, uh, the shelf life. You know, if you think about reducing the respiration, you're keeping moisture in the fruit, preventing dehydration on some, uh, especially in citrus, avocado. You're keeping those cells plump and healthy and able to fight off uh, vectors of, of viral or bacterial infection. Right. Uh, we're also, you know, looking at how that's protecting uh, phytonutrients. And so there's, there's two parts to it. One, the healthier and longer lasting you can keep that fruit, um, the more access to nutrition you're giving the final consumer. And then secondly, you yeah, know, more of the skunk works into, okay, so now that we've got a look um, into uh, some of the data that's coming off each individual piece of fruit. How can we identify some of the phytonutrient changes that are occurring? I love it, and and, and thank you for sharing that. And and uh, as I said, I'm into it. You know, I, I've had the good fortune of uh, chatting with the folks at NASA a little bit, and so I got oh. into the I got into the hyperspectral. I, I I'm into it. So it's for me. It's like, oh, okay. I got to ask. I got to you know because I want to know because I think it's so important. I think it's such a neat emerging technology and when you think about the guys at nasa doing something you know it's like okay that's pretty high level that's a, that's a high bar right that's that's not joe in the garage trying to weld something together that's high level now so that's well, I, appreciate, the, I, I appreciate you sharing yeah it's certainly important to examine uh the rocks of mars you know but yeah. uh but you know we've also got to find a way uh todd us in produce we've got to find a way i'm speaking to the growers and the retailers Find a way to feed another 2 billion people by 2050. Yeah. Now, like you said, there's no more, not, not that much more fresh water. Um, there's, there's, there's arable land out there, but, you know, we've kind of you know, expanded that as well. So um, it can be done. 
And to apply some of this, the space age technology to reducing waste and identifying fruit that will last longer, both in the, in the store and in the home, uh, to make better use of what we've got is, is really, really important. 100%. How's, I mean, we've talked about the retailers and stuff. And I mean, obviously, the consumers are a huge part of um, getting this to fly, right? The consumer buy-in, this and that, this. But, they, you know, let's face it. If, if you can't get on the retail shelf, the consumers really aren't going to know you're going to exist in a lot of ways. So how has the acceptance been to date with retail? So I'm going to give you a two-part question, actually. I think it'll make it easier. The acceptance so far with retail and then from that, the acceptance with consumers post getting on that shelf. Yeah, they're both related. You're absolutely right. So yeah. um, where consumers are super curious right now is, hey, I, I want to go with appeal. I, I like the sound of this. Uh, I, you know, what I'm interested in is, is customer satisfaction. I want to yeah. increase the satisfaction that my retail store has relative to its competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to gain those extra points in, in market share. And I, and I want to measure this difficult to quantify thing called customer satisfaction. Now we can measure it in sales increase, we can measure it in, in waste reduction and, and all of the other metrics. But how, you know what what do the consumers think about appeal? And and our answer is well they they won't know unless we tell them. Right. Because one of the one of the things about appeal, and it's probably one of the good things, it's completely imperceptible. It's invisible, tasteless, odorless. You can't tell. Right. So you've got to to go forth and and uh, and tell the customers that uh, this avocado uh, will last longer in your home. It, it, it's good for reducing water and fighting food waste. There's a lot of halo effect about this, but most importantly, buy this with confidence. In fact, buy this six pack or buy this bag with confidence, knowing they'll last longer. So we have to tell the story. Once we tell the story, we're getting uh, a really good response. Uh, like I said, with one of the largest retailers in the country. 75, 85% uh, favorable response towards uh, uh, the story with appeal, the, the knowledge that this plant-based coating will make their fruit breathe slower and last longer. Um, once we t- are given the opportunity to tell the story, then we turn back and start to see uh, the effect of sales. And we start right. to see uh, the sales growth and the customer satisfaction, which are two really important things that the retailer can, to, can measure. More importantly, they can actually charge a little bit more if they want to. They're seeking to increase a higher ring. They're seeking to uh, maintain or at least increase their margins. Hard to do that unless you've got the customer satisfied with something. So, hundred percent. Yeah. So we just run and we run straight towards it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Something- and you know the, the funny thing, Todd, we haven't even really started telling consumers yet. I mean, you know, uh, we, we've, we're a well-funded uh, technology company. Uh, plenty of money in the bank to go forth and tell this story. And I think we'll start to see that happen uh, through 2022. So yeah, get ready for it. Well, yeah, my next question was what's next for appeal, but you've already covered. We got cucumbers, we got mangoes, we got skunk works, a little, you know, we got a little imaging going on there with with this good Martians. (laughs) You know, you just talked about, you know, consumer education in 2022. So unless there's some, something hidden in your pocket, I won't ask the question, but I will, I will, I'd like to finish with this because I think this is really, really important. And that's your mission statement. Um, And your mission statement is to work with nature to reduce food waste and create abundance for all. And I think that's a really powerful statement. What's it mean to you? I mean, give me your two cents on that. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I just I love the word abundance for all. I think that that to me is um, pivotal. And I think it really does sum up the conversation we've had. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 to keep it really simple, it begins with guys like you and I, with, with all of the VPs and directors of produce, uh, retail, retail outlets in, in USA and Canada, uh, and right through Europe. We're about to enter the UK this year. We'll enter France. Um, it's up to us, along with, with our supply growing partners, to feed the world. And like I said, it's coming at us now. We've We've got uh, less than 30 years to find um, enough food using the same resources on the same planet to feed another 2 billion people. And there's enough abundance to to make that happen. You know, we can do it. Um, We all know the downside of of what could happen if we we don't do that. But there is um, enough ability uh, to create enough food to, to sustain and nourish people, not only 
uh, in our part of the world. But like I said, in that very first instance, uh, where the company started by taking the produce that lasts long with zero infrastructure in parts of Africa to the big cities where everybody lives, that's what it's all about. So you take that to a macro scale. How do you yeah. get food from around the world into the mouths of people who who pay for it uh, with with their, their their scarce resources? Um, that's that's at the heart of it, and that's that's the mission that attracted me to appeal. And it, it is a very mission driven company. You know, we we just had an all hands meeting this morning where we went through um, last year's accomplishments and. And, you know, we can, we're now uh, starting to scale up that we can start to tell our friends, hey, don't worry about your uh, covering your carbon emissions. We've got that because right. we're, we're treating, uh, you know, pretty much uh, 120, 130 loads of, of citrus per week, every single week right now, um, heading okay. up in, in, into out of Spain, into northern, into Europe and uh, somewhere around 80 to, to 100 loads of avocados every single week. So that's scale. And yeah. once you do that um, with something that is reducing waste and reducing resources required to grow that piece of produce, instead of throwing it away, then then that really speaks to the mission, the output of the mission. I love it, man! What a great, what a what a what a great chat. You know, yeah, this is this is one of those drop the sharpie moments, kids. I say it all the time. Uh, this has just been great because you know, again, when I said earlier in the first thing, it's about positive cost of food, and I don't see how you cannot listen to this broadcast. And walk away from this going, this is something worthwhile. This is something that is going to make a difference in our planet, in our future, in our kids' future, and to the 2 billion people that are coming, plus the aliens coming down, which we didn't even touch on. Don't even get me started on that, because they're coming too. But, you know, I, I think it's just so important. And, and I really do appreciate you, uh, you know, taking time from, you know, not sitting out in the sun in Santa Barbara today to come inside the office and jump on the Zoom screen with me and share about what's going on at Appeal. because. It's a worthy conversation. It's a worthy. Um, it's a worthy amount of energy uh, that we need to be investing into this, into what you guys are doing, and, and what this space is about, and making a difference. You know, it's amazing the things that we can do to make differences that we don't necessarily recognize, and this is one of them in a lot of ways. And I think I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised at uh, what you guys are all about. Super. Well, hey, it was great to uh, spend time with you, Todd. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure. Come back. Okay. I mean, look, you've already dropped a couple bombs. Will you come back? Let's do another follow-up as, as the year progresses in 2022, and let's get people more information about what you guys are up to. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah I'd love it. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll, you know, I'll take you up in your offer. Maybe I'll come over to Santa Barbara and sit in the sun. Yeah, yeah. We'll go and sit in an avocado grove up here. And, and in the short term, you know, um, nationwide, there's retailers uh, where you can go and try out Appeal. I mean, you could walk into any Kroger store and pick up an avocado uh, right. right now and, and, and see what it's all about. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you very much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Thanks uh, for everybody to feel for what you guys do every day, getting up and uh, kicking the world a little bit and making it a better place. Awesome, Todd. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate you stopping by and listening. You know, it's super important that uh, we elevate these conversations. It's how we're going to win the day. And uh, that's what this is all about. I say it all the time. Go inspire somebody. This is an inspirational conversation. But inspiring people is just as easy as waving to your neighbor telling your mailman you appreciate him, whatever. It's how we're going to win the day, and it's how we're going to make a difference in this world. So go inspire somebody today. It's important. Thanks for watching. Check us out. Find us on social media where we hang out with all the cool kids. So we'll, we'll see you next time on Todd Versation, Todd Bits, and we do appreciate you. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.